Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the HP podcast where the video games are made up and the points don't matter. I'm Ben and with me here today is Dave. What up, nerds? Oh my God, you're so loud in my ears. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I appreciate it. And I like knowing like, it makes me feel closer to you. I don't like feeling like I'm inside of your butthole. Uh, actually, inside of your mouth hole, really. You but... said that specifically in a very specific <laughs> way. That was a preloaded statement right there. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about what it would be like, and I don't think I'd like it. Yeah. For but sure. he's got such a such a uh, like a spacious crack from her. Anyway, go ahead, uh, Dave. Uh, how's life in the Great White North? It's getting colder out here. I'm sure you must be wearing your parka and your snowshoes by now. Yeah, man. I'm uh, ready to hibernate for the winter. Um, putting mm-hmm. on the pounds, as all Canadians do. Yeah, hibernate. Yeah, yeah. and then we break out of the uh, the ice in April with our double double. Tim Hortons coffee in her hand and, right. and get ready for, for Toronto Blue Jays baseball and everything spring and summer in Canada. So now when you emerge from the ice, are the children automatically born or is that when they're like still gestating? That, that's how they're born. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Oh, yeah. my God. I just burst out apologizing with uh, Tim Hortons and, right. and stuff like that. And syrup. Milk they're in covered in syrup. So, you know, like uh, you you American babies come out. Uh, caked in like gross, like fluid, fluid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it, it yeah. So Canadians come out ma- maple syrup, and does and, the mother uh, have to lick them clean? Like <laughs> oh, in the she movies? should. I mean, it's maple. It's a waste of maple syrup. Otherwise, you <laughs> yeah, can't. For God's sake, you gotta recycle it. Come on, Dude, man. Yeah. You're, you're not gonna then. Figure it out. You're not gonna have the Canadian afterbirth pancakes. <laughs> 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 come on, Ben. Come on. <laughs> Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and, and the fine gentleman who just said that is the most glorious ginger brandon duncan brandon um i don't even want to ask how you're doing because you've already disrupted my life wow in a lot of ways but i'm doing good. good doing pretty good um glad to be talking about some games uh glad to talk with the boys that's yeah. about it yeah now i have a very special announcement uh, if my math is correct, and by my math, I mean the numbering on the post, this is our 200th episode of the HP podcast. No way. Wow. And for the 200th episode, I thought I'd do something very special. And that is to have a regular old show, just like always, because I forgot about it until <laughs> about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Honestly. So, yeah, the, I mean, that's kind of on brand for us, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, it, every episode is special, Ben. I have and, a candle, if that, if that helps. I mean, uh, well, you have to blow it out after you sing. Okay. Well, we'll do that at the end. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I think I have been on every episode of the HP podcast. That sounds right. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if that's a badge of honor or a badge of shame, but I'm wearing it either way. Yeah. So on, on your sleeve directly on my nipple, actually. Oh, so you should wait. be proud, man. That there's a lot of work goes into this and you've, you've kind of produced every single one of these episodes and, and yeah, give yourself a pat on the back then. Well, you, anybody's you, welcome to do it if well. they want. It's fine. Well. Uh, appreciate it. But yeah. Um, yeah. 200 episodes. 
Good old time. Uh, it's crazy. It's been only the three of us and no one else ever in the history of the show. So, um, <laughs> that is pretty wild. Dude. Yeah, that's pretty wild that nobody else has ever been on the show. Yeah, before. yeah that's crazy. Yeah. So couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine if there way. was somebody else on yeah. the show? That'd be weird. Yeah, that would be for weird. sure. Uh, but I was um, right before the show. This has nothing to do with the 200th episode. But I wanted to tell you guys a story. My my wife was talking about like, I think we have a little furry friend in the house. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, there's a little tiny, like little itty bitty baby mouse running around that she saw. So she bought some traps and everything. And I'm like, all right, whatever. It's just a, just a little mouse. Sorry. You said a little furry friend. And I thought like a, like an Asian dude in a Fox costume. jumped out of your face. <laughs> Why is he Asian? I don't know. This is the first thing that came to mind. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Well, I mean, things happen different in Canada, apparently. <laughs> so, but so tonight uh, she was in the kitchen and she just went, ah, and like kind of screamed. And she wasn't like frightened by it, but she was cooking and it just scared her because it ran along the floor right in front of her or something. And it was, I, I swear, I went in and saw it and it just kept like backing in the corners. Like it was like not scared of us, but it was like a little bit nervous and like trying to get away. But it's like, it's getting colder outside and, you know, the mouse wanted to come inside and, uh, She's just like, I don't want it near the, near the kitchen. I don't really care that there's a mouse in the house. I just don't want it near the kitchen. I'm like, All right, well, I'll take care of it. So I'm like chasing it around the kitchen and it's running away. So eventually I locked it in our sunroom and I got in there and got my my eldest child um, to come in. And there was no for, nowhere for it to go. So we just chased it around for a little bit. And uh, eventually I caught it in a Tupperware container and took it out to the backyard um, way, way, way out into the backyard and, and set it free. It didn't want to move. I think it was shocked that... Uh, someone had captured it and my son was like can i pet it and i was like i yeah i guess but you have to wash your hands right afterwards so he like sat there and pet the mouse and it then it, it scampered away eventually but uh it was kind of that was just very briefly ago it was kind of a wild ride just Damn, dude. You know, chasing that mouse around my sunroom do you think it was when it was in the tupperware container you shaking it viciously that stunned it or <laughs> No, I think it was when I spit on it and beat it with a hammer. <laughs> that's, that's actually how I thought it was going to go. Maybe yeah. it was just God of War, me playing yeah, God of War recently, yeah. that I thought it was going to be like a boy moment that you're going to have with your son where right. you sacrifice an animal, yeah. um, maybe even eating it. I don't know. I don't know what you guys do. Well, the, um, the, the, the kids have toads and they were like, we could just put it in there and keep it as a pet with our toads. And I'm like, look, I don't know if the mouse would kill the toad or the toad would kill the mouse, but one of them isn't coming out of there alive. I feel like they'd get along. You think so? I'd bet yeah. on that. I'd bet on that. So. Well, don't tell my kids that because I told them that we couldn't keep it. Depends. That, on was, that was my reason. I mean, well, technically, a, a toad is a carnivore because they eat flies. But right. I mean, a, a, a mouse is way out of its league. So I feel like they they get along. That sounds I like do, a sitcom to me. Dude, yeah. it, it depends they, on how big the toad is. Like, truly, well, I've seen the toads. pretty big. Okay. Yeah. It's not gigantic or anything, but it's it's pretty big. His name is Toad, by the way. Okay. The other one's name is Tiny, and it has three legs. It had three legs when we found it, so checks out. Know, it is what it is. But and it's way smaller. But I don't know. Those things eat like we've thrown like giant grasshoppers and locusts in there, and they've chomped them up. Huh? Yeah, I was very surprised. Like half the length of the one's body, and it was just like go gone. Damn. So anyway. I, the mouse was really cute, and I did. I I could have just smashed it like fifty times, but I thought, no, I don't want to. I don't want to kill it. I just want to put it outside, and I'm not opposed to killing animals, but there was no reason to kill it, so I didn't. Yeah, it's going to be back in my house tomorrow, though, 100. Yeah, I was going to say it, it. You put it out, and it instantly followed the same path it took yeah. to get in. <laughs> yeah. It was like idiots. It, it actually beat us into the house, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. But yeah, so um. Yeah, that was the my show, mouse story. The show will be interrupted by shrieks from Emily. That same uh, mouse. Maybe. That is possible. Uh, she wasn't like, shrie she wasn't shrieking. It just startled her. She's not like scared of mice or anything. That's, that'd be weird. But. They do got little weird fucked up bulgy eyes though. Uh, it had some interesting eyes, but it wasn't, it was so small. I was like, is this just the breed of this mouse or is it a baby? And it's like lost. I couldn't tell. Yeah. If it was a baby, I'm... I'm hoping it was just a small breed because if it was a baby, that means there's other ones probably. Yeah. But I think it was just like, we've never seen any other, even like, I don't even think we've had any flies or, or anything because of the way this house is. So it was just, uh, it was just running around in the kitchen, scampering yeah, around. Yeah. 
little little furry creature friend. Now I feel bad that I didn't let them keep it because yeah, they lived he, in, with the toads. But he, he lived there before you did, so I mean, probably you yeah. kind of colonized him technically. That's for um, fitting for Thanksgiving. Good work. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to keep up with the tradition of the times and <laughs> like you, you know, some people get in the holiday spirit by uh by putting up a tree or they like you know cut out turkeys with their hands or something like that i'm just like let's move into somebody else's house (laughs) move out the way bitch that's right evicted yeah all right that's all the stories i have the episode 200 in my mouse story so let's talk about some games the first one we talked a lot about this game I don't know, a year ago or whenever it came out, but uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is such a funny thing to be the lead story, but this is this is what it is. They tweeted out and said, thank you to the 8 million players who joined us on this wild ride. Hashtag GOTG game. We are grateful for your support. So Guardians of the Galaxy has now had 8 million players. Now, we know the game didn't meet expectations for Square. Uh, they said that as, they said as much. But we uh, also know that it was on Game Pass and a lot of people who didn't play it before that picked it up and played it. Some of those people probably literally downloaded it and booted it up once and others, you know, fully got the 100%. But Dave, I know you also checked out Guardians of the Galaxy strictly because it was on Game Pass. What do you think? Do you you think more people than 8 million? That's a pretty good number. Yeah, it is. But I mean, in, in a situation like this, you do kind of wonder what that number would have been if it hadn't been on Game Pass or if it came to Game Pass like a year after it launched. Because, um, I, you know, these numbers are conflated and then you, you do have to get into things like, you know, how many people actually finished the game, uh, which I didn't. Uh, I'd love to go back oh, and you finish didn't it. Finish it. I, I, okay. I just hadn't finished it. But um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always tricky with with Game Pass games. And now it's going to get just as tricky with, you know, PlayStation Plus having its subscription service out. So, but I mean, you want to celebrate your uh, successes in any way. And uh, you take whatever number looks good and you put it out there. So this for Guardians of the Galaxy is, uh, I don't know, if they're sharing it, at least it's it's promising that Square Enix feels good about the reception. And, you know, maybe we see more games like this because obviously for them to go back to the well after the Avengers was uh, a pretty big risk, but it was a good one. And we always love seeing single player focus games. So um, hopefully them sharing this means that we're going to see more of this kind of stuff from Square Enix and, and, and Marvel as a whole. Well, well, Square Enix doesn't own them anymore. They sold the IP in the studio. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, they still publish games like this you know whether it be licensed game or narrative driven single player games that kind of stuff Um, because you know for every narrative driven single player game that isn't god of war there's like 10 live service games so um again whether it be licensed or something else it's it's just good to see some successes be celebrated from these kinds of games so Brandon, you never played guardians of the galaxy you quit game pass after like three weeks because you're a loser uh, when are you going to play it? It's a good game, dude. Dude, I bought it and I beat it and I loved it. He was the champion. Yeah, he was the yeah. champion of this game when it first came out. Yeah, dude. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I... I'm going to pretend like it's not true, though. The whole time. <laughs> Even if I remember it at some point, I'm still going to pretend like it's not true. No, I love this game. Um, the winner of the best narrative, I believe, for the yep. Game Awards in 2021. So I would say this is a good number for them. Yeah. Um, whether or not it's lower than they expected. I don't think matters anymore. I think they're just happy that it did sell 8 million copies. Um, well, 8 million people played it. Well, but your point is still taken. Yeah, sure. Um, but no, I think this is really good. Um, the game was amazing. It actually completely took me by surprise, to be honest with you. I think I bought it on a deal, though. Uh, I didn't pay full price, um, but I would have. After after playing it, I easily would have paid full full, full full price for that game. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I think that's an impressive number for any game, um, right. let alone one that was potentially, like Dave said, you know, post- Avengers right. <laughs> for, for superhero video games. It seems like you always um, get in a bit of a pickle when you're dealing with superhero video games. Um, none of these heroes in this game are traditional 
Um, You know, you're not Superman. uh, You're not flying around like Iron Man, something like that. But and that's the whole appeal to me. Right. No, exactly. Um, And after having played something like Avengers, this was an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, Avengers could have learned many things from this game that it never will. Um, So no, this is good. I'm glad. And I, I honestly would love for them to make another one because um, I don't have many criticisms of that game. I wish the combat was a little bit more entertaining, but everything else around it was fantastic. Well, you just mentioned the Avengers, and I just wanted to let everybody know Marvel's uh, Avengers, the game. I recently saw. Uh, now, Brandon asked me to buy this game when it came out, and I, I, I bought knew it you were going to fucking say No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I had a good time playing with you and some other buddies. That's right. Fine. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I don't recommend at sixty dollars this game, no. Marvel's Avengers. Uh, it's no. on sale right now for Black Friday for fourteen ninety nine, and I still don't recommend it. <laughs> Especially Honestly, if you have Game Pass. Have fifteen you, bucks isn't bad. The, the the campaign alone is worth that. That's good for that yeah. game. And now that it actually is uh, a relatively stable frame rate, um, would recommend. Especially for that. I just remember the first three times I booted up multiplayer, I just soared through the air endlessly and then blue screened my PS5 or PS4, Ooh. I think, at the time. Uh, so that wasn't great, but I'm sure it's better now. And people are liking it. They just put on a new update or something. But I don't know. This isn't a show about Marvel's Avengers, even though it could be, I suppose. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is headed to Steam. Now, this is significant. Well, I'll just read this. This comes from Eurogamer.net. It says Ubisoft blockbuster Assassin's Creed Valhalla will launch via Steam on December 6th. They actually said 6th December, but since that's wrong in European, I changed it. Its publisher has confirmed to Eurogamer today. Valhalla comes to Steam on December 6th with other Ubisoft titles such as City Building Strategy Anno 1800 and free-to-play 3v3 sports game Roller Champions also set for release on the platform. The confirmation means Ubisoft is the latest publisher to make its return to Steam after striking out on its own or elsewhere, such as the rival Epic Game Store. Such a move has been signaled by several leaks, including listings for Steam versions of Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Roller Champions spotted in code for Ubisoft's own Connect launcher and a subsequent Steam database listing for the latter. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla originally launched for PC via Ubisoft Connect and the Epic Game Store. So, I don't know that this necessarily means the Ubisoft Connect failed. But sure seems like it. The, if they're bringing right now, arguably one of their biggest games, at least it's been big for a long time. It keeps selling and he, people are still playing it. They're bringing that along with some other games um, to Steam now. Like, why would they do that? They took them all off Steam when they moved over to their other store. So there must be something there. Dave, you're not much of a PC gamer these days, although you used to be more so. But what do you think about all these stores we got going on? Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what the subject was, but um, <clears throat> I it's it's interesting to see how Steam has persevered all these years because we've really seen the competition on storefronts um jack out over the past you know five years or so so to see them still be the leader and see some of these other stores start to simmer down a little bit um from my perspective anyway is a good thing um it drives me crazy when i open my pc and again i don't do a lot of pc gaming but i do occasionally go shopping for something i don't like having to go through three or four different storefronts and launchers that need to update undoubtedly every single time I open them to see what the sales are. So when I start to see things consolidating like this, it's, it's a good thing in my opinion. Um, I don't know if, you know, steam is ever going to have a monopoly, but I think from a ease and convenience standpoint from, you know, the consumer's point of view, it's, it's a good thing. So I'm happy to see this. Um, I play all my Ubisoft games on, um, on consoles, so it's not a huge piece of news for me, but you know that could change in the future. So this is good news to me. I like seeing this sort of thing. Um, yeah, nice, Brandon. Uh, you're you're no, you're in the PC market right now, although you don't you know you're working on that. But right. I don't know since you've not actually had to deal with this. I personally, I, I mostly play my games on PC. I don't mind just clicking on a launcher and then finding the game or there's even aggregators that are like all the games you own, they'll put it on one place and then you just click that and it opens up wherever you need to go. Right. And I mean, I understand the needs to update every time you open it because 
uh, if you don't use them very often, that's going to happen. But somebody who uses them every day, it's, you know, it's not a big deal or most every day. But I don't know. How do you feel about like having multiple stores to have to find your games in? I feel like the most annoying and the loudest uh, spoken people on the Internet are the only ones that truly care about this sort of thing. Um, yeah. It does not take that much effort to pop into another app. At least it wouldn't for me. It right. wouldn't for me. But um, what I can say about this is you guys are framing this in like a negative way. But is it possible that like, sure, is this maybe a sign of defeat from Ubisoft because now they're making it available on other platforms? Could it be that? Or is it that they've made their money where they're only taking the money and they're not playing, paying the 30% to Steam or whatever? And now that that is dipping down, maybe not off, you know, this game is still selling. Is it a, now a reinvigoration of the game to then re-release it on Steam? I don't know. I just don't necessarily think it's a fail for them. Yeah. Because I feel like they've sold a lot of copies on their own launcher and made a lot of money, just pure money, just just them on their launcher. And now that that's probably waning, is it a loss to just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel that insulting that Ubisoft would do this sort of thing to me because they're really winning either way. I mean, they get the little bit of money all to themselves originally. And now that they're re-releasing it, it potentially opens it up to an, an entire other pool of people um, that just might not otherwise have bought it. So I don't know. They do have to pay the, you know, the licensing fee or whatever to steam, but I don't necessarily think it's bad for them. Um, and they've done a decent job of supporting this game. So Remember when you used to buy like a box that had like a disc in it and, mm. and oh, or, yeah. like a floppy disc? You can still do that. <laughs> not the floppy. Not it's the floppy been a part. long time since I've seen a PC game sold in a store personally. I don't look all the time, but Best Buy was the last store up in Canada that I've seen actually carry PC games on the shelf. And it's been a long time since I've seen any. It's sure funny on the... Very rare occasion I step foot in Walmart, which is only when I absolutely have to, because not because I'm like, I don't really care about shopping at Walmart, or whatever. I just, the people, man, it's something yeah. else. But sometimes when they go into Walmart and I'm back in the electronics section and you're looking around, you're like, oh, here's all the games. Here's all the PS4, all the PS5. Here's some Xbox games. Here's this uh, little section of Switch games. Oh, over here, are all the discount games. Here's all the other accessories and everything. Here are the console. Like there's all this gaming stuff. And then you're like, huh, I'm going to meander over here because sometimes they have like the discount rack over here. And sometimes you can find like weird stuff. And like maybe you need a, an extra charging cord for your iPhone or whatever. And you walk over and near, near the photo place and it's like, oh, here are seven PC games in the box. And four of them are like 100 game collection of Solitaire. That's pretty much the only PC games I see in the store. <laughs> but they are still there occasionally. They are still there. I ripped the uh, the CD drive out of my computer to make room for something else because I was like, I never I'm going to use this actually DVD drive, whatever. I'm never using this. Yeah, like, I don't I don't need to. And I didn't it's even funny. consider put when I built my PC, I didn't even, uh, optical drive wasn't even something I considered because I just yeah. again, I, I wasn't seeing them anywhere. So I thought, what's the point? And I assume that's the same with a lot of people. But it's funny because I've been since all digital became an option. I've been pretty much all digital for PC, but I still want my physical games for my consoles. Brandon, I know you're there with me. Come on. Yeah. Me. Yeah, no, I'm definitely there. And uh, it just seems like less of a hassle um, yeah. on PC than other things, but it's not really that much different, but yeah. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, speaking of consoles, that's a segue if I ever heard one right there. This comes from dex.exe, dex.x.com. And I have never heard of this website. It seems to have, like, I, I did a little bit of cursory research um, about the website, and it seems like it's been around for a little while and whatever. But they have a post up saying that PlayStation is banning shovelware and easy platinum games on the PlayStation Store. Now, I want to give a caveat here. I am technically a developer, and I do get communication from Sony. So I will not be able to comment on whether or not <laughs> this is an actual letter that has come out or not, or if I've seen it or not, and probably shouldn't give too many of my thoughts because I don't know if I'm being honest, if I'm allowed to talk about this, uh, mm. if it even exists. So with that said, I can talk about it or introduce it and you guys can discuss it. Yeah. PlayStation has sent out a dev letter to all its developers, noting that shovelware games, get, shovelware games that are reskinned, non-games and games just made to give people a platinum trophy are going to either be shadow banned or delisted with a chance that the developers being banned from publishing any more games. An anonymous source has sent us the following information that was included in the letter. In the letter, Sony states, SIE strives to ensure that the customers can search and discover the full breadth of experiences on PlayStation and the partners have a more fair means of being discovered. When the partners oversaturate or spam PlayStation Store with many variants of the same type of content, it can negatively impact both the customer and the partner experience. And then they go through and they describe a few things. Basically, though, I think what this letter, if it were real, at least what whoever wrote this letter intended, was that games like the Jumping Taco, Taco, Jumping Taco Deluxe, Jumping Hot Dog, Hot Dog, Hot Dog Deluxe, like all those type of games where it's like you literally press X 90 times and you get a platinum trophy. I'm assuming that's the type of games they mean. They're not going to ban like games that just so happen to have an easy platinum because they have an easy platinum. But I don't know. Brandon, you're a big platinum guy. Yeah. And uh, how do you feel about it? No, I think this is great. Um, I have been aware of these sort of games for a couple of years now. I actually assumed this never would have been allowed in the first place. Uh, so them coming out, if they are, in fact, making a statement and going through with these actions is nothing but good. Um I don't know why this sort of thing was ever allowed. Um, there's nothing wrong with an easy platinum, but a platinum that takes no skill. And it's not even about skill. It's just... I don't understand what people do this and I don't understand why they would have let it happen in the first place. So this is nothing but good. Um, and this prevents the PlayStation store from starting to look more like the app store every day. Um, and I think that's honestly the reality is that if things aren't cracked down and it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but things get out of control. Um, and there were more than I could have ever imagined of these games on the PlayStation Store than I thought. Um, so the fact that they are going away is a good thing for me. Davey, how do you feel? Yeah, well, first of all, shout out to the Handsome Phantom PR department working overtime here. That's uh, That was good, Ben. You did well. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, my, my caveat <laughs> right, at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no a little disclaimer there. Um yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Brandon hit the nail on the head there, especially with that um, drawing that parallel to the App Store, because I, I personally, I had no idea this was an issue and these games existed. I knew there were games that, you know, were probably intentionally easy Platinums, but um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if this kind of stuff is flooding the store, then it's something you want to kind of nip in the bud before it becomes a big problem. Um, it certainly devalues your trophy system and the fancy number that appears beside your name. Uh, you know, that's dependent on how many platinums you have or how many trophies. So the other thing is, I wonder how much this has to do with PlayStation stars, the new, that's where I was going to go next. Oh, you're, yeah. not a, you're not allowed to comment. Okay. Lawyers are listening. Ben. Shit. <laughs> I, got, um, I just got fired. Yeah, because I mean, PlayStation, the store always had like a reward system, at least in the US, but now we've had the worldwide launch of PlayStation Stars, and that is directly tied to, um, you know, purchases you make, but also what you earn in terms of trophies. So people could like mine points. I was actually just looking at my stars um, before we started recording, and I, and I, 
came across the part where like I'm actually gaining points for for hitting different levels in the star system. And once I get to like 5000 points or something like that, I can redeem it for like a $25 gift card. So if there's products on your store that people can actually use to mine that, then you are literally losing money. So I think the timing has something to do with PlayStation stars. I'm, I'm a little surprised this didn't happen earlier, like before this launch, but I wonder if, you know, a lot of people kind of took advantage of the system already. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely has something to do with that. But in any case, it's good news. It's good to see. Because um, as Brandon said, you don't want this to turn into the Apple App Store. That's that's not a good thing. Not at all. You don't want the race to the bottom. Exactly. Yeah, I would say that uh, that was one of my first thoughts, too, whenever I saw this specific article and nothing else that if they're doing a, even if the, even if it's not for real money, which I mean, I guess it's not, they're not handing you money, but even if you couldn't redeem games, the fact that you can go and buy a few two ninety nine games or dollar 29, I think some of them are and rack up some of those points. Like I don't play on PlayStation a ton and I've definitely played on there less in the last couple months since they w- rolled out PlayStation stars than I usually do. But right now I'm at level one. I'm halfway through level one. Since I don't purchase digitally, I have zero full game purchases and I do have the trophy thing, but I'm still only at point at level one. So like for me, if I was someone who wanted, who cared about, you know, this program uh, more, I think it's great, but I don't, it's not personally affecting me or anything. But if I was somebody who wanted to manipulate it and I don't play a ton on my PlayStation and I don't buy digital games, then yeah, why not go out and spend a couple dollars and rack up some points so that I can get a $40 gift card or whatever. I don't know what they actually are. Cause again, I haven't even looked at the, looked at it that much, but so I definitely think you're onto something there, Dave, with the, you know, the shovelware and everything, but yeah, to comment on the games themselves, it was, it was kind of becoming a real problem. Not just that they existed, just that when you went to look for new game, like if you went and searched by new games, just browsing, you know, 80% of them at certain points were just these, press X simulators to get a platinum. And that alone was bad enough because you couldn't really tell what was a real game or not at first glance until you just like actually hovered over it for a minute. And so for indie developers like myself, which again, I just, I just work with an indie dev dev, um, doing backend stuff, but you know, we have a hard enough time selling our games. And a lot of that is because people see them on the PlayStation store. Uh, a lot of the reasons we do sell games is because people just see them on the PlayStation store. Hey, it's 10 bucks. Sure. Let's go for it. And our games are like a lot of crafted care into them. A lot of love, um, good art, you know, everything like that. They're not just like throwaway games. And those kind of games hurt games like that. And many other games, even games that are more expensive that hurts them. So I think it's a good thing if they happen to be doing this, that that would happen. And, uh, Hopefully it changes. I, I find it interesting that this this article states that they will either straight up, they'll, they'll either shadow ban them, which means they can stay on the platform. They just don't get put on like a storefront page or something. Or they can, uh, uh, they'll just straight up remove you as a developer. And I'm like, that's kind of a wide extreme there between the two. Yeah. So yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I'm all for just removing them, but that's Shuhei comes to your house and chops your fucking head off. If you've done this, <laughs> holy shit, that's extreme. I mean, I, I would, if Shuhei came to my house, the brief moment he was in my house, just like there before he chopped my head off, it'd be worth it. Right before he kills you, he says, you don't fuck with PlayStation stars. That's right. <laughs> it'd be like the ghost of Tsushima standoff, you know, when like you're waiting to oh, release yeah. triangle. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Okay, this next story is a story that I kind of knew part of it, but you guys told me something right before the show that kind of perked my ears up. So the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have come out, and everybody who's playing them says, these are good games. They're a lot of fun. It's Pokemon as you want it. It's got a little bit of iteration, but the performance and the art and everything else is just absolutely awful. And that has been a consistent thing I've seen. Like, I, I saw one clip of a of a fight happening and like all you could see was your character and the pokeball and you threw it at like nothing and then pop in happens and the pokemon pops in and then all the ground pops in around it just like terrible performance terrible everything and this is a pokemon game this is not just like some rinky dink indie Balan wonder world whatever it's called knockoff this is like 
this is Pokemon, one of their biggest franchises. And we also know that Nintendo is incredibly stringent on refunds and stuff like that. So with that said, I'll read this from Dick Serto. In a post on Reddit, user Hipster, username checks out, revealed that <laughs> Nintendo would be issuing refunds for the games that they had managed to get on the Japanese gaming juggernaut to give their money back. Quote, just got approved for an eShop refund for my Pokemon Scarlet pre-order, the user explained. If you're not liking the game, I urge you to do so as well. The trainer said that by going over to Nintendo's website and asking to speak with customer support, it was possible to request a refund with chatting with an agent. Sellout Hipster suggested that others copy the same message they, they provided to the agent. Hi there, I bought Pokemon Scarlet last night and I played for about an hour or two and unfortunately the game runs incredibly poorly. I don't normally reach out in these instances, but frankly, I would really appreciate a refund as I can't see myself enjoying playing this in its current state. Would that be possible? End quote. After providing customer service with information about their Nintendo account and Switch model, their payment was returned with the game deleted from the console and users have reported that this worked for them. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are far from the first games in recent memory that have led to a massive influx of refunds. You know, they go on to explain like Cyberpunk and all that stuff. Brandon, I know how much you love Nintendo and I just want to know what you think about this. Yeah, it's just really sad. Um, I, I actually am a Pokemon fan. I've kind of yeah. fallen off in recent years. Um, I got... Uh, one of the sun and moons, I got sword and shield. That was kind of when I started to wane um, as far as the Pokemon goes. Um, and it seems like the problems I had with it then have just been exacerbated like time and time again. Um, even the iterations that I haven't got, I've, I've kept up on. And it's just really sad to see such a monumental, I mean, Few IPs in the world have as much money combined uh, as Pokemon has had, all including everything that's ever been made about I it. I think Pokemon is actually the highest grossing. I would believe that. Yeah. I would actually believe that. Um, but it's just really sad because I think it's... I don't know. I don't really know who to blame here. I obviously think it's mostly Nintendo's fault for putting out piece of shit hardware. Um, but I also think it's Game Freak's fault for... Uh, allowing piece of shit software to be put on that shitty hardware and then selling it for $60. So it's just really unfortunate because I wanted to enjoy this game. Um, I wanted to be persuaded to play this game. Um, some of the new things, the exploration I've been interested in in the past couple of years, no longer having to root through tall grass, being able to see the Pokemon <laughs> uh, just on the screen. That was cool. That was something that, you know, was a wasn't a thing um, back in the day uh, and a mixture of performance issues and yeah, mostly just that. I mean, that's the biggest glaring problem with all of this um, is just the complete lack of care um, when it comes to this game, as far as pop in or I've seen a lot of weird glitches with Pokemon. I saw one where a diglet uh, had spawned below the trainer and it looks like the diglet was the dude's penis and he, he did like a stomp on it. You know, it's just, yeah, but I mean, who hasn't had that happen where a diglet looks like a penis <laughs> after all? I mean, it is funny, but it's sad because I know if I would have paid $60 for that, uh, unless the diglet was my penis every time, I would have asked for a refund on the spot. <laughs> uh, but no, it it's awful. And uh, I just really hope that uh, Game Freak realizes that they either need to be incredibly less ambitious uh, or incredibly more ambitious. Uh, one meaning that they need to understand that the hardware that they're working with is bad. Or two, uh, that they need to be more ambitious and make their game uh, more optimized or uh, pick a different art style so it'll run better. So, yeah. Dave, uh, Brandon mentioned that, you know, the, the, the Switch is shitty and, you know, you're a big proponent of playing AAA games on the Switch. So I want to go to you with this one. Uh, I, I think he's right in some respect. I mean, the Switch is obviously not a high performer as far as everything goes, but this is, by all accounts, not the reason this game is running so badly. It's just that the game was not made made well. And I want to know, for a company like Game Freak, it's 49% owned by Nintendo. And Nintendo, who publishes it and basically owns the IP, essentially. How, how does this happen? Where, like, surely, surely one of the developers was like, hey, hold up. Why is that Diglett a penis? Like, 
how does this game get released <laughs> in this state? Yeah, I, I was going to say it's important not to overlook the positives because I also saw that Diglett video and laughed for a solid 30 minutes, especially because he like throughout the entire battle, he was attacking the other Pokemon. So it just looks like this guy's dick was killing this tiny little animal. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, Pokemon don't die, Dave. They just fade. Okay, so he got slapped to death until, well, he got slapped to faint. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, awesome stuff. Really, really amazing stuff. Um, but, I mean, let, let's not forget, this is the second time this year that a fairly high-profile game has made it onto the Switch exclusively in a pretty shocking state. And, obviously, a little while ago, we talked about Knights of the Old Republic 2 Remake, which was literally unfinishable on the Nintendo Switch. And... You know, then in, in the last little subject there, we talked a little bit about, you know, the development process. And part of that is submitting your game to these, um, you know, console storefronts. And I don't know what the process is of actually that due diligence and QA that Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft do when you submit a game to go on their storefront. But you know, I, I would think for a game like Pokemon that it would be a little bit more stringent than this. Um, but clearly people are cutting corners, uh, especially in the QA phase. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last few years about workers' rights and wages and that kind of stuff. And, you know, QA testers have historically been treated like crap. So I wonder if this is a cost-cutting thing that's starting to rear its ugly head. But, again, this is two strikes for Nintendo, and um, they, they really need to do better because, you know, a Knights of the Old Republic 2 remake is one, or, you know, uh, remaster is one thing, but Pokemon? Like, well, that's the thing I was going to say is that the Knights of the Old Republic thing, at least that wasn't their own game. So you can understand if somebody at Nintendo in their QA department, like, or whatever department handles that, didn't go through and entirely beat the game, whatever. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, you're not going to say, oh, your game isn't perfect. It can't come out on our platform. No game would ever come out because no game is perfect anymore but to just like have a game that not only you are in charge of getting made that you're but that you're publishing that is one of your biggest franchises like how did i just don't understand how someone at the studio how someone at game freak didn't go this isn't ready guys and here's the question is is we know what kind of massive pile of shit this produces for Nintendo and we saw what it did to Sony two years ago with cyberpunk. So is now the time for Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo to really sort of either institute or enhance what QA, like how long does it take for one person to sit down and play the game at least from start to finish and, and then go to their boss and say, this one you can't put on our store because it's, it's going to, it's going to result in, you know, a, a catastrophe for us because we've seen it twice now. I mean, this this refund issue could get a lot worse for Nintendo. Hopefully it doesn't. But I mean, th there's a pretty big risk here in cutting that corner from, you know, the big three standpoint. So I wonder if, if this is an opportunity to start looking at. You can't just trust a publisher and a developer has gone through their QA diligence because if they haven't, it's your problem. Yeah. And I will say that when we submitted our last game to Nintendo and everywhere else, but I'll only talk about Nintendo here. I think they came back and they were like, Hey, on level 24, uh, this Sprite is not allowed. Cause it was like, I don't know, an X, like it would be on a PlayStation controller instead of whatever button prompt it is on switch. And it was like, Oh wow. They actually played through that. And, and on other storefronts, like especially PlayStation, when you submit your trophies, they go through and make sure that all of them actually trigger if you complete them and if you can't if they can't complete it they ask you to provide video evidence that when it's completed you actually pop the trophy because they want their trophies to work so like i know i just said i wouldn't talk about other platforms but i did anyway but so like some to some extent someone is playing these games a little bit which gives even less excuse to uh playstation allowing all these shitty press x a thousand times to get a platinum trophy games but it just seems to me like if I was one of those QA testers, I was like, oh, wait, we made this game? Uh, Diglett's a penis? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe, new. Guys, maybe uh, we should check this out. And I mean, it is interesting because they seem to be giving refunds on this. I saw reports that they did not give refunds on the Old Republic when it was broken, uh, even though people were like, I, I don't, because I think basically they were like, you played the game too long. Yeah. Was, yeah. So 
Is it possible there's less vetting on developers that are closer to Nintendo? I would say that's likely. I don't have any any actual way to know that, but I mean, certainly you would think that not every not every uh, Pokemon game ever has been perfect or anything, but like, oh yeah, it's Pokemon. It's gonna be fine, except for Silver. Yeah, Silver was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's really weird, boys. Really, really weird. And I'm just glad I didn't uh, make the mistake of buying it. So, yeah. All right, Dave, you're up first. We're going to talk about what we've been playing here on episode 200. That's our special thing for the episode. It's something we never do uh, during an episode. We're going to talk about what you've been playing. No, this is new. This is fresh. I like this. Yeah. We should we yeah. should do this every week. You I know, we should do a segment called Dreams and a shout out because oh, that, you know. dude, dude, how about you done fucked up? What about that one? <laughs> Thro- that is a throwback. Yeah, let's do that. I'm one. glad you just had that original idea. And then, you know, it's your idea because it's never been happened, never been done on the show before. And we're the only three who have ever been on the show. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's weird how that happens. Yeah. yeah, Unfortunately, I have I have nothing new to report, which is interesting because um, the the sale on the PlayStation store right now, the Black Friday sale is an absolute banger. I've been going through the store every single day, just like I'm going to buy this game. I'm going to buy this game, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. It's okay. I still have a week. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, played a little bit of call of duty, um, last week when Warzone and DMZ launched, uh, I, I, I'm not going to get too much into this cause I know you guys are going to talk about it. I played precisely one game of Warzone. Uh, I will say though, I got five kills and I did get a, a wipe in the gulag. So that Damn, was, dude. that was pretty cool. Yeah. First right. game. Yeah, first game, first and only game. Um, <laughs> I played a little bit of Shoot House, which I, I really like the small maps in Call of Duty. Um, sorry, not sh- is it Shoot House? It shoot, is house. shoot House, yeah. 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 I'm thinking of Shipman and, and DOS House and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, but yeah, I, again, I'll, I'll defer to you two on the Call of Duty stuff. Um, played a few hours of Deep Rock Galactic Season 3 just came out on uh, console last week. It's pretty cool. Um, it's got a brand new performance pass, so all new cosmetics. Uh, and again, the performance pass is completely free. Um, there are new in-game events surrounding like this thing called Rock Pox, where in missions you'll have a, a second primary objective where you'll have to like clear out designated areas of um of like these infected like rock pox they're called and it's like a, a cooperative luigi's mansion style thing where one guy has to shoot all of the infected areas with like this goo and then another player has to take this vacuum and suck it all up and you have to do that all in like a predetermined area <laughs> while you're getting attacked by um new enemy variants and stuff like that um, the third big thing they added was new grenades for all four classes, which I didn't check out yet because I'm an idiot and I thought like you had to unlock them either in the performance pass or through an assignment, but you don't. They're just kind of there for you. Hmm. And they're pretty wild grenades. There's one that like just spouts this like um, it's almost like a train track of like spikes that just runs around in circles. And I've seen people like dig out caverns in in the world and then they will back through the cavern and funnel all these enemies through the little tunnel. And then they'll throw one of these grenades and it will just go around in circles and just Damn. destroy everything. It's really, really cool. Oh, that's sick. Um, Carl. Yeah, so season three is uh, looking pretty good. It doesn't really change the game. I wasn't expecting it to, but it, it adds some cool new stuff and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is I jumped back into uh, Gran Turismo 7. Um, nice. So, yeah, I've been... <laughs> I'm almost 40 hours into the game, and I swear I've spent 30 of those hours just trying to get golds on all of the license tests. I am on my very last one, which is an absolute doozy. Um, It's a full lap of spa in Belgium, and you're driving it in a 1970 uh, Porsche 971. And it's not raining, but the track has just, like, it had just been raining, so, like, 50% 50% of the entire track is wet. So if you go full throttle in the wrong spot, instant spin. 
Like if I've driven the, you know, the, the lap like 30 times, I think I might've finished like five times, but just before we came on, I got a silver time. So I'm getting pretty close. Um, I've also started doing time trials with friend of the show, Duncan. So he'll go on and like set a time on a track with like a certain kind of car and then I'll go on and we'll just kind of keep bettering each other. So that's kind of fun, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I've been playing this week. So. GT7 is one of those games that I knew it wasn't a full price $70 buy for me because I just wasn't going to play it that much. But I just I actually really want to play GT7 and uh, eventually it'll be the right price for me, which is probably being on PlayStation Plus because I have so many other things to play. But yeah, I like racing games. I just never get full enough into them. But when they have a challenge mode or something like that, which I guess most of them do, but uh i i do like more arcadey driving games racing games than i like uh sim games as uh i'm sure you remember dave when i played assetto corsio <laughs> whatever i was like oh this is not the game i thought it was gonna be yeah, yeah yeah thanks to those developers for sending it to us for me to stream and make a mockery of their game i got some real interesting people in chat that day that's for sure <laughs> Brandon, I think a lot of what you and I have to talk about is the same. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off with whatever else you've been playing first, and then we can talk about Call of Duty, if you've been playing anything else. Yeah, I mean, I played some God of War. Um, Not as much as I would like to have played, um, but still just really enjoying that. Genuinely taking my time. Um, I know a lot of people are rushing through it. They don't want to get spoilers. If I get a spoiler, I get a spoiler. You know what I mean? I do want to take my time because if this is truly going to be the last one, which it seems as if it's that that way, um, I think they've said that they're not doing a trilogy. Um, it's supposed to be the last one in the Norse line. Gotcha. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you just go ahead and spoil it for everybody right now? Since, yeah, I yeah, since, yeah. I don't got much to spoil, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying that. Not a whole lot. I'm going to say about that. Just beautiful in all ways. Uh, just truly. Um, but Warzone dropped last Wednesday. Um, yeah, right after the show, I think the day after the show. Um, and that's been most of what I've played almost entirely. Um, to be honest, um, did play a little bit of shoot house. That's fun. It is what it is, but out of nowhere, um, the DMZ mode has absolutely, um, taken my heart. Uh, the missions that you do in DMZ are just so much fun and the risk reward is just a different feeling from Warzone. I mean, obviously, there's not much risk to play in Warzone. The biggest risk is you quit and play another match. But the added aspect of contraband weapons and the loss of those weapons in that mode, I just really took it to new levels for me. Um, it was an experience that I wasn't really expecting to have with the DMZ mode. To be honest, I was kind of dark on the mode prior to launch. I kind of went in almost fresh. Um, and it's surprising me. It really, really is surprising me. And of all the things that I thought I would want to play when I come home, I did not think it was going to be DMZ. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I uh, am also playing a lot of Warzone and DMZ and still playing, you know, around with some of the regular multiplayer uh, DOS house or shoot house, I guess as it is. But Brandon, what you just said there is, is a hundred percent true for me because like, I thought I was going to be all Warzone all the time. And right now I'm finding myself like not even that interested in Warzone because I'm enjoying DMZ so much. And people are like, Oh, you should go play Tarkov if you like DMZ that much. No. And for me, <laughs> DMZ is enough. I, I think there are improvements, which I'll talk about that they could make that would make the game way, way cooler. But for me, I want to have that like sense of progression without having to spend an entire night in an Excel spreadsheet to play Tarkov. And I like Sims. I really do, as you guys might know. But for whatever reason, Tarkov for me is just too much when I even just watch somebody play and that, that knows what they're doing. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying DMZ and just the fact that like, the AI is actually smart. It's cracked, dude. And really <laughs> tough sometimes yeah. is nice because so many of these PvE VP modes, you get in and you're expecting that maybe somebody's going to roll up on you and take you out, but you're never expecting the uh, the NPC to down your entire team and end your run right. <laughs> and make you lose all your stuff. So that's been really refreshing. I do think that the DMZ mode could use like 
you know, when you extract stuff, let's say you extract a, um, an extra vest or something with armor for armor that you could like store that. And if you lose the vest you have that you're wearing, like you could go back in the next round, you could take a new vest in with you. So you don't have to right. go and find all your stuff again. I think those are things I would imagine those are things they're going to implement, but we haven't seen it yet. And so we don't know for sure, but those seem like things to me that would be a very obvious, uh, obvious and easy addition to the game that would enhance it. Uh, I say easy. I don't actually know how easy it would be, but it seems like it's not that complicated as in comparison to the rest of the game. Well, dude, that was one of the similar points I had. Um, And actually, Shroud said it is that like in games like Tarkov, there is a reason to continue to grind Mm -hmm. because X filling with money in this game gives you XP, which is good. But X filling with money in Tarkov, from what I understand and what he said it's actually incentivized. So if there was like a store that you could like, this is how much cash you could save 50 K. Right. And once your 50 K is gone, you got to go get more. But if there was an extra menu before you select your mission, before you edit your loadout, that was just like 1500 for a vest. Yeah. There would, there would be a buy pregame lobby. That would be right. so cool. And it would kind of, you come an, and get it. Right. It would be yeah. an extra layer um, and would actually give you a reason to kind of maybe store some in the bank uh, and continue to play DMZ once the challenges have uh, dissipated. So, right. Yeah, I definitely think that that's something that will come, like I said, but it's just not there yet. Uh, Warzone, I like the fact that Warzone and DMZ are the same map because I feel like in DMZ, I'm learning the map and in Warzone, it helps, you know, because you're obviously dealing with a lot more players, but. I just, we've won a couple matches of of Warzone and like we've done well in others and that's that's fun. But I just feel like the streamer loadout annihilate everyone and like pick up bounties and rush after. Like it's just kind of destroyed the game for me. The early days of the original Warzone were a lot of fun where nobody knew what they were doing. Everybody was still kind of bumbling around. The ground loot was, you know, whatever it was. And the new war zone out the gate, it's already like super sweaty right off the bat. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's just flying hundred miles an hour towards other people. And it's just become a little less exciting for me. Now, with that said, I still love Warzone. I still love, uh, uh, I love call of duty in general somehow. So it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, but for me, it's not, um, not the same. I I'm glad DMZ is there because I feel like if I didn't have DMZ and Warzone to rotate back and forth between, I'd probably drop it sooner. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm enjoying it. I've also played a little bit of God of War. Uh, not a ton more since we talked last week. I think I'm like 10 or 12 hours in. I don't actually remember how much that was within the last week, but uh, really like it. I want to get back to it and play it more, but it's like the only time I really have time to play games is at night, late usually. And by the time I'm done working and whatever else, uh, all my buddies are hanging out playing Call of Duty. So I want to play with my buddies a lot of times um, rather than play a single player game. So I'm going to take my time and get through it. I'm not going to rush through it like you said earlier, Brandon. But uh, yeah, I'm having I'm having a good time with it. And I think it's a stellar game. I've played a lot of the parts already that people don't like and I like them. So that's a hopefully that's a good sign for the rest of my enjoyment throughout the game. Dave, what does um, your cat think about all this i see him sitting on your shoulders right now he just wants to know why i haven't gotten astray yet (laughs) it's not happy about about this situation yeah Yeah, it's uh it's again i have a plan to like um get playstation premium at some point in the new year and that's one of the first games i'm going to play but i don't want to pay full price for that yeah what is it like a four-hour game or something silly like that i think i spent six in it to get the platinum totally, but that was with playing it through twice. Yeah, so, so he can wait. Yeah. He's a cat. He just yeah. he's an idiot. He yeah. doesn't even I, vote. I mean, it's your fault for telling him about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us here on our 200th episode. If there's ever been a time to check out our Patreon, this is it right now. If you, we're, there's not going to be a 201 that 201st episode if you guys don't check out the Patreon. <laughs> uh, we're actually running the Black Friday special. You can get ad-free early access to every show of this podcast for $1 a month. Uh, I know that's a crazy deal, but uh, for $1 a month. So check that out a black Friday only. I'm just kidding. That's always the deal. And uh, if you want to hang out with us, join us over at handsomefandom.com slash discord. 
Oh, by the way, the, the, the Patreon is patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The Discord is Discord. No, handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Come hang out with us, chat. Show off your Black Friday uh, deals, your Black Friday month deals, I guess. Uh, talk about um, uh, talk about the pancake afterbirth and whatever <laughs> else may intrigue you. And uh, I think that's it. That's the title of the show, right? I, I already wrote it down. It's only birth pancakes. Yeah. I can't imagine what oh. Dustin's going to have to look up for this one. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that right after we're done here. All right. Brandon's battery on his computer is about to die, and apparently he doesn't own a charging cord. So that's it. That's all for the show. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers. Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhat. <laughs>